You're listening to episode 11 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Today we're going to be talking about self-care and this is so important, but honestly, it's been such a buzzword lately and it seems to often be associated with things like bubble baths and massages and all of those things that are really awesome and amazing, but they're also can seem really unattainable in terms of uh, either financial cost or commitment of time. They just don't seem doable a lot of the time. And what I, I really like about today's episode is that I have a really special guest named Brittany on of Wild Woman Strong, and she is breaking down self-care for us into the 12 pillars that she's created. I think this is really crucial and it's a total game changer because when, when she first told me about it, I was so impressed because it just makes self-care seem doable in real life. And that's the part that I love the most because these are the, the things that she's suggesting are going to give you tips and tools to build it into your everyday life. So the big things that we're going to cover in this episode are why we've been thinking about self-care all wrong the different kinds of self-care and some ways to apply some extra love to ourselves in our everyday life. And most importantly, that it doesn't need to take a lot of time. You're going to leave this feeling renewed and get a sense of how you can make self-care work in your own life. And some areas that you might maybe need some extra work on that you may not have realized before and where you may already be totally excelling. And you can kind of give yourself that win that you might not even realize you're already totally nailing it. Brittany is actually a nomadic strength coach and yoga teacher. She's originally from Chicago, Illinois, and now living in the Netherlands. And she created Wild Woman Strong. Her entire brand is built around self-care and really encouraging and empowering women to tackle any adventure they choose. And I think that's really going to come through in this episode. So let's get started on the 12 pillars. I have my amazing friend, Brittany here from Wild Woman Strong, and she is a self-care expert. And guys, we need more of this in our life. <laughs> so Brittany, welcome this to the podcast. Thanks, Emily. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time. You, you just have come out with, um, well, first of all, actually, you and I met in our coaching group last year, just to give everyone a little bit of background. And you are currently living in the Netherlands. And it's funny because you and I talk regularly and we still haven't met in real life and it's hard to believe. <laughs> I know it's super crazy. I feel like I know you so well and we're on the same page with so many things. Um, and it, it, I forget frequently that I have not met you in person. So that needs to happen soon. I agree. <laughs> I agree. We need to make that happen for sure. And I personally would like to come to you because I, I love the Netherlands and I need an excuse to come back. <laughs> Yes, stroke waffle for everybody. <laughs> All right, so let's let's dive into this because you and I had a phone call a few weeks back and you told me about this idea you had about the 12 pillars of self-care that you had come up with. And I was like, girl, you're sitting on a gold mine. Like we seriously all need more of this and just 
the way that you broke it apart, I, I just knew that, that we had to get that out there more. So however you want to start explaining the, your 12 pillars, dive in wherever you like, because I'm just, I'm like, shaking with excitement. I'm so pumped. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm stoked that you are stoked about them. Um, (laughs) I'm really, really excited about them because I've actually, it's something that I had been working on for a little over a year, actually. Um, When I started Wild Woman Strong, I knew that I wanted to teach women how to live self-care focused, my apologies, self-care focused lifestyles in, you know, our super crazy, overwhelming, overstimulating um, worlds. And creating structure around self-care is a really hard thing to do because self-care is individual for everyone. And what works for me isn't going to be the most beneficial for someone else and vice versa. And so I didn't want to create this project um, in such a way where I was telling women what they wanted, what they had to do to take care of themselves, but I wanted to give them framework to understand what goes into self-care um, and empower them um, to be able to focus on themselves because I think it's really important. So that's sort of the background. So I had this note in my iPhone that I had started, and it was for a blog post initially. And the title was like self-care non-negotiables and I would add stuff and delete stuff and tweak stuff and kind of change the words. And this was going on for months and months and months. And I just couldn't quite uh, get satisfied with what was in the list. And then I realized one of the big things sticking out at me was that I was calling it self-care non-negotiables and how silly of me because here I am trying to help women learn how to create a self-care focused lifestyle that fits best for their unique lifestyle, not mine, not someone else's. Um, So I threw the the non-negotiable word out and then pretty quickly um, I started coming up with these things that uh, provided a framework that allowed, um, I think, people who aren't quite sure what they need to do for self-care to create their own uh, definition, but have some guidance. So that's kind of what this is supposed to be. Well, and I love that too, that you are making it, so I, I actually really appreciate that, that you are removing the non-negotiable part from it and making it individual to each person. Because that's, I mean, that's what I always teach about nutrition as well. And, and the same goes for exercise and, and all other areas of our lives. We're all individuals and we all need an individual approach, but no one can determine that for us. We have to be able to figure that out for ourselves. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that outside guidance can't be helpful. Um, you know, I've had many coaches throughout the year, whether it's a personal trainer, um, working with, you know, a nutrition expert or business coaches, which is how you and I met. Um, so coaching is great. Um, but coaching as well should help guide you. I think it really should fuse the, the education and the knowledge of the person that you're working with with your own experiences and your needs. And it should be this collaborative um, experience. Um, So yeah, I'm super excited about this framework. And I'm super, super excited to start working with people on using this framework to help them identify what self-care is for them and to build um, a really strong and healthy um, 
self-care routine. Um, but yeah, that's the number one thing I think I hear the most from people is that they just don't know what self-care is best for them. I totally agree. And I mean, I didn't even really ask you, I somehow I, I'm going about this, this particular episode backwards, I think because I know you so well, and I'm so excited about this that I almost forgot to ask sort of like, how did you even end up getting so interested in, in self-care? Like give us some background on, on that and sort of how you ended up here with Wild Woman Strong. Cool. Yeah, I can totally do that. Um, so I started out um, in the industry as a personal trainer. So I was on the fitness end of things. Um, and that was, gosh, seven, eight years ago now um, when I got into the industry. Uh, and of course, because I uh, worked out, I had a solid workout routine and I knew a lot about nutrition and my sleep habits were really healthy. I assumed that I had a really healthy self-care routine. And that was my focus with a lot of my clients um, as well. However, the longer I started working with clients, the more I started realizing that the results that we were getting in the gym, uh, they were not long-term and sustainable unless if these women started making lifestyle changes outside of the gym, concurrent to their work in, in the gym space. Um, so that was sort of one of the first things where I realized that people actually do need some guidance on self, self-care and even just help feeling empowered to actually put their self-care first. Um, so that was sort of where my interest initially started, but then, um, somewhere along the line in there as well, uh, I was going through a divorce, um, because of that divorce, I was moving into a new, um, home. I was also in the process of starting my very own, uh, business at the exact same time I was getting a divorce, which, um, in hindsight was one of, uh, probably the worst things I could have done for my own healing in that moment. Uh, cause it was just a, a guise or a cover up, uh, for me to ignore, uh, the issues at hand and all of these things combined eventually ended up leading to a really, really, really severe period of depression. It's something that I've dealt with prior to that, but this period in and of itself was the absolute worst I'd ever experienced. Um, truly 100% hit rock bottom, um, very frequently had suicidal thoughts. It was a period of life that I'm very grateful I, I survived. Um, but that coupled with uh, massive burnout as well because I was you know, working 60, 70 hours a week or more most weeks, um, getting my business up and running. Uh, and anyone who works um, in the service industry, especially fitness, nutrition, and you're working so closely with helping others um, fix their issues, if you will, it's kind of a poor way to say it, but that in and of itself is also incredibly exhausting. Um, it requires a lot of energy. And if you're not putting enough energy into yourself, it's really challenging to help other people um, put effort into theirs. So all of those things combined, uh, basically I hit rock bottom. And it was then that I realized that just because I had a good workout routine, just because I was eating well, and just because my sleep health was good, did not mean that the rest of my self-care self was healthy. And that moment really highlighted just how um, crappy 
my self-care had been up until that point. And I really do think that had I had developed better uh, self-care habits and understanding of what self-care meant for me, I think, you know, I probably wouldn't have avoided, um, you know, some of the sadness and depression and whatnot, but I definitely think I could have avoided it getting as serious as it had in that moment. Yeah, that's really powerful. And there, there's just way too many of us that are putting our self-care on a back burner for not even just, you know, weeks or months at a time, but years at a time. And we're putting ourselves last time and time again. And then we're wondering why, you know, so many people now are, are suffering from things like anxiety and, and just total burnout. And even if we're doing supposedly all the right things with nutrition and, and fitness and, and stuff like that, that's only a piece of the puzzle. So why don't you, why don't you dive in uh, with whichever one of the pillars you want to start with for the 12 pillars of self-care? Because I love how you've broken this apart into the 12 because it makes it feel so much less overwhelming. And I think that we, when we say self-care, we all think of, you know, like bubble baths and massages and things like that. And there's, there's so much more to self-care than that. And you just break it apart so beautifully that I think that it makes it so much more manageable. Oh, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree that, uh, self-care involves so much more than, uh, a lot of the typical things that we think of as self-care, like, you know, making sure that you eat your veggies or getting massages and bubble baths and things. Um, so without further ado, um, I think I'll start by just, um, saying all 12 of them, and then we can start maybe delving in um, a couple at a time. But uh, so without further ado, the 12 pillars of a super solid uh, self-care routine uh, are practicing presence, practicing gratitude and kindness, practicing discomfort. So the totally flip side sort of of the first two, um, maintenance learning, creation, sleep and rest, nourishment and hydration, movement. So those three are sort of the standard ones that most people think about. And then connection to yourself, connection to others, and connection with mother nature. And we'll list all these in, uh, in the show notes, obviously, as well. So anyone who wants to go back and check it out because it is a long list. So uh, don't, don't feel overwhelmed by, by the number, because I promise when you see it on paper, it, it makes, it m- makes more sense and it flows together so beautifully. <laughs> totally. And I have them, um, my most recent blog post as well has them, um, sort of listed, uh, nicely to see. But, um, when, so as I mentioned, uh, I had started with a little iPhone note and I kept like adding and taking away and tweaking. And finally, these, these sort of were the 12 that I settled on. But one of the things that I really liked about these is I started seeing themes amongst the 12 as well. And those themes were, and this is going to make me sound so hippie. And I did just spend a year in India. So my hippie <laughs> roots are, um, they're becoming deep, if you will. <laughs> But when I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when I was looking at these, I was like, oh my God, mind, body, soul, um, mind, body, soul, and connection. So connection is sort of the, the fourth additional piece that I've added to it. But there's a reason why that's sort of the, the 
trio that gets mentioned a lot in the wellness spectrum, you know, making sure that you take care of your mind, your body, and your soul, and then just making sure that you're staying connected um, to to, um, the environment around you is so important. Uh, But the thing about this too is I I guarantee you as people hear us delve into some of these, everyone's going to have a couple that they nail. They're super, super, super awesome at. They probably don't need that much extra work um, on. Um, There's probably a few in the middle where it's like, yeah, I'm sometimes good with that. Sometimes maybe I could use a little bit more effort. And then there's probably one or two for every single person listening where they're probably like, shit, I have none of that. Um, And that's probably a good good place to start um, is just, you know, seeing if you can find little ways to add in tiny bits of the one that maybe uh, lights up as you're listening and you're like, Oh yeah, I haven't thought about that one before. Definitely. So, and I mean, that's the thing is that there are so many areas that there's, it, it is a holistic approach and really taking care of ourselves from that sort of full body, mind, soul standpoint is, is really what's going to get the best results, but it doesn't have to be all at once. Like it's, it's tiny little steps. And that's, that's what I like about the pillars the most. So which, which one of sort of the the four subcategories did you want to start with? Uh, let's start with soul because it's, it's one of my uh, favorites and it's also one of the ones that I think most people don't think of as self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's cool. And under the soul category, um, that is practicing presence, practicing gratitude and kindness, and practicing discomfort. One of the other things that's come up, I have a private Facebook group as well, and one of the other things that has come up recently there is that um, people feel guilty prioritizing self-care because they feel like they have other people or responsibilities that they have to take care of. So I want to start there because I think the presence, gratitude, and kindness and practicing discomfort is a really cool way to show that self-care isn't selfish. And presence is one of those. Like, you know, if you have children at home, let's say, Um, setting some boundaries, like no phone at the breakfast table and maybe using that time to like interact and ask each other questions and, you know, setting the whole family up to have a really nice day. That is practicing presence. So it's self-care for you, but it's also teaching self-care to your children. Um, You're also connecting with others, which is another pillar that we'll discuss later on. But it's also something that you're, you're, doing in response to the responsibilities that you have. Um, Same thing with gratitude and kindness. Um, You know, expressing gratitude and being kind, um, you know, to others. Those are really cool ways to take care of yourself without self-care being selfish. Um, So that's one of my favorite things about this group in particular. And what I like about that too is that practicing gratitude and discomfort, can, or sorry, practicing gratitude and, and kindness can also really be about uh, doing those things towards our, ourselves too. Because especially women, I find we're so much more likely to, to put ourselves down, uh, whether it's, you know, we feel like we're not measuring up in one way or another, or we're trying to change our bodies and we're unhappy with the results, something like that. We, so many of us have body image issues and, and all these types of things where it turns into really negative self-talk. And I think that practicing gratitude for ourselves and the bodies that we're in and what we've been given 
in sort of internally is really important uh, in order to to get that self care going sort of from the base up. One hundred percent. And the thing with presence and gratitude and kindness as well. Um, I really feel like these things, so I'm a math major originally, and there's this uh, basic rule in economy that there's no such thing as a free lunch. Like everything has some sort of cost uh, to it. So for example, if you do go out for a free lunch, chances are like, you know, it costs you time. It might cost you the gas money in your car to get there. Maybe it's with someone that you don't necessarily love. So it costs you energy. Like there's always, even if something seems like it's free, that there's always um, some sort of cost. And I actually think with um, presence, gratitude, and kindness, I think those rules go out the window. And I think by extending your self-kindness, it becomes easier to extend others' kindness and when you extend someone else kindness, it makes it easier for them to be kind to themselves and then extend kindness to someone else. It's like this uh, virus. I don't know if that's the best word to use, <laughs> but we're going to use it. Um, but that's what's really cool about those things is they're applicable to yourself. They're applicable to others. But the more you practice them with either yourself or others, the better you get in all realms, which is pretty cool as well. I agree. It's really the gift that just keeps giving. And the more we give out, the more we get back. It's, it's definitely something, you know, completely free as well. I mean, think about if you think about um, a random stranger or something giving you a, a genuine compliment that can light up your entire day. And then you are much more likely to pass that on to someone else as well. Well, why can't we do that for, for ourselves and for others? It shouldn't just be about everybody else. We need to make sure that, that, we're, uh, that we're starting with ourselves for that one, I think. 100%. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're, they're cool. And it's, it might be a challenging thing for people initially who aren't used to thinking about expressing gratitude to themselves or being kind to themselves. But once you start doing it, um, it becomes a lot easier really quickly. Um, unlike maybe some of the other ones, like it can be really challenging to get your sleep in order, or it can be really challenging to peg, um, a solid nutrition plan that works for you, but gratitude and kindness, if you really start with just tiny baby steps and just, you know, think of one thing a day that maybe you're grateful for about yourself, um, it becomes really, really, really easy, really, really, really fast, even though it might start out and feel impossible. Well, and you're also the, the queen of, of journaling as well. And I'll link all of that up uh, too. And that's something that I know that you, you tell your, your women uh, to work on and kind of teach them to work on, which is practicing gratitude through journaling as well. Yeah. So that's also, um, it's one of my favorite self-care tools is my journal. And in my journal, I have a couple different sections that um, I keep regularly. And um, I won't go into that too much detail, but um, one of those sections is to identify one self-care action that I will hold myself accountable to doing that day. So it helps me make sure that I'm, I'm committing to my self-care. Um, and what's cool about the 12 pillars of the self-care routine, I've actually been using this list now lately to identify that, and it's made it that much easier, which is really cool. But then um, the final thing that I end my journaling with every day is just a simple gratitude list. And it's 
when I first started hearing about gratitude, because it kind of, it had its trendy moments. Um, I still feel like it's, it's a tiny bit trendy. Um, it is a well. little, yeah. <laughs> but um, when, when I first, when it first became this big deal and you would see all these articles like, oh, you know, scientists are saying that expressing gratitude improves your well-being for these reasons, blah, blah, blah. That it was so fucking silly. And then when I started journaling, I started keeping a gratitude list. And the thing about it is it makes me feel really good, which is why I end my, my journal with it. Like I can be having a crap morning or be really tired. My gratitude list just makes me smile. Um, so I don't think it's really silly anymore. Actually, I think it's pretty important. Oh, so, it's so cute. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I absolutely agree that gratitude can just change the picture. And I think that there, there is a reason why it's trendy because the people that actually commit to doing it and, and they're consistent about it, I think that, uh, that we really see huge, huge results from it. It's, it's, it really changes the, the brain chemistry, which is super cool. Cool. And then the last one in this bunch um, is practicing discomfort. And I do want to chat about that just a tiny bit because I know some people are probably scratching their heads like, how the hell is that self-care? <laughs> um, but the thing about discomfort is it's kind of, it's kind of like working out. Um, when you go to the gym initially, especially if you haven't been working out at all, um, it's uncomfortable and you know that it's going to produce good results. So you keep doing it. And hopefully if you follow this fitness routine for long enough, the thing that was really comfortable initially is no longer uncomfortable later on down the road. Um, and I feel like discomfort in general is like this. Anytime you are in an uncomfortable situation and you survive, that's a huge win. And your brain sort of, you know, it captures that, it remembers it. And then the next time you're in a similar situation, um, or even maybe not a similar situation, but you look at this other uncomfortable thing that you survived, your brain's like, oh yeah, this is actually a baby walk compared to that other thing you survived that one day. Um, and so over time, it really expands the things that you, um, you're comfortable with, and it really helps just helping you uh, deal with the shit moments that just naturally come up. Like the more you can intentionally make yourself uncomfortable in a safe sort of setting and teach your brain that you're not going to die in those moments, when the uncomfortable stuff pops up that you don't plan, it becomes way easier to actually deal and manage without letting yourself completely slip to that burnout phase that, you know, I unfortunately am so um, familiar with. I have the biggest smile on my face because I'm such a fan of, of discomfort, which again, like it sounds weird, right? But <laughs> every time, every time I put myself in, in a situation of major discomfort, I not only learn from it, uh, typically there's, there's all kinds of lessons to be learned there, but I also, then I'm not as concerned about it the next time. So I just get more comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's what I talk to clients about a lot as well. And it's a, it's a topic that uh, I have, I have a lot planned for, for this podcast, because I think it's really powerful and it can, it can totally shift our perspective on difficult things. And doing those difficult things is what gets us through the next difficult thing. One, yeah, 100%. And I, <laughs> I feel like I keep saying that, yes, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> um, why can't we meet in person soon, Emily? I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, and it's totally true. And actually, um, a, a little, st- a little story, although it's kind of a big story about discomfort. Um, one of the things that finally helped me start to heal myself from, from my major depression burnout period, um, is in talking with a therapist. One of the reasons that I realized I couldn't get out of that funk was because everything around me was so comfortable and it allowed me to continue to stay in that funk. Because even though I was really at the bottom of the pit and there were days that I was really, truly, legitimately worried about surviving, I could still survive in that environment and I knew it. And there wasn't much motivation to do anything about it. I, I didn't have energy to do anything about it. And I knew I wasn't going to die in that environment, so I stayed for way too long. Um, So me being me, I went like way out of my discomfort or out of my comfort zone. And I actually ended up um, quitting my business, selling all of my stuff, and minimizing my belongings down to a backpack. And I decided to travel the world solo for a full full year. Um, But one of the most uncomfortable things I'd ever done. I had never traveled by myself before. Um, I had never, you know, stayed in hostels before. That was a really like strange experience for me. Um, I had never had to deal with like, you know, getting an international SIM card or just all of these things that come with um, traveling in places that you're not comfortable with. Uh, And now I actually feel like or not feel like I know there are so many things three, four or five years ago before I had embarked on this journey, um, that I couldn't handle back then. And now they're totally not a big deal. And it, and we actually, um, my co-host Kate on, on my previous podcast, fit and nourish mind, we had you on there on episode 21. So I'll make sure to link that in the show notes so that everyone can go check out the full story because that was a much more, more personal podcast as opposed to this one where we're going through some of the self-care stuff. So yeah, it's, it's really, really powerful, the, the entire idea of, of stepping into discomfort. So let's move on to the next one. How about we, we go into the mind portion? Cool. So the mind, the three pillars that make up uh, taking care of your mind are maintenance, learning, and creation. Um, the learning and creation ones, those probably make a bit more sense to most people. Um, the maintenance is in here because I feel like it's, it's a pretty often overlooked, um, part of self-care, the boring part, but the reality of it is, is if you're not maintaining certain things about your health and your life, um, it makes it really challenging for you to learn or for you to create new things. Um, so that's part of the reason why it's it's lumped in with these three. Um, but maintenance is just stuff like, you know, making sure that you're scheduling your doctor's appointments, taking your, you know, daily vitamins if you need to, making sure that you're eating your vegetables, getting, you know, water every single day, brushing your teeth. Um, you know, embarrassingly, I will admit, I don't know how many weeks I probably went without brushing my teeth when I was really, really, really depressed. Like all maintenance had gone out the window. So, um, you know, some of that encompasses things that we take for granted, but when things get really bad, those little maintenance things make really, really, really big, uh, difference. 
Um, and then learning and creation are just awesome. I think, um, you know, you can teach a, an um, old dog new tricks. Um, and I think that's one of the things that keeps, uh, keeps humans uh, motivated. It keeps life interesting. Um, I definitely think that there is some connection with uh, longevity and people who continue to seek out new learning experiences. Um, you know, some of the healthiest, older brains I've ever met are the ones that I think continue to challenge themselves in that way. Um, and then creation as well is really cool because, and, and Emily, you and I have talked about this before, I used to never think of myself as a creative person because I'm not artistic. Like if you give me a white canvas, I'm going to look at you and be like, what the fuck do you want me to do with that? Like, <laughs> I know, am I supposed to put paint on that or something? I don't know. It looks great white, but I am creative and it took me a really long time to understand that I like to problem solve. Um, I like to create solutions. Um, I love to garden. I love taking a space where nothing was before and putting something in it. And those are all things that, that are, you know, creation uh, that some people don't peg as that. But I think it's also very natural for humans to feel satisfied after creating something. Uh, and that's why I think it's also a really important part of self care. Yes. And you and I've definitely talked about that, that I always thought that I was not creative in the least. <laughs> I would just always identify that way with myself. And that was a story that I would tell myself. And I wasn't paying attention to all the other avenues that creativity can shine through and how important it is in, in your life. When I first started um, my business, I started, you know, writing blogs and writing social media posts and stuff like that. And it felt like I had opened a door that I had kept locked shut for years. It was like, I just had all this information that just came pouring out. And I realized how much more fulfilled I felt in a way that I didn't even realize I was lacking. So it's, it's really, really interesting. And, and it doesn't have to be writing. Like, like you said, there's so many different ways that, that creation and, and creativity can, can come through. And it doesn't have to be the sort of stereotypical um, arts side of things. It can be something completely different. I sort of have the family brain on my, on my brain because that's a lot of the women I've been working with right now are women who have families and kids and work and they're just crazy busy. But even creating structure around your household that works for you is a form of creation. You know, organizing anything to make it better suit you is a form of creating taking um, anything where nothing existed before and putting something there is a form of creating. And so there's, there's all of these ways in our everyday crazy busy lives where we still create um, that we don't give credit to. And I, I do think it's really important to, you know, take a nod at the, the things that you do create when, when you do, because, they're valid and important and um, just everyone creates stuff. Uh, and we just don't give enough credit to that for people. Well, and another, another aspect that, um, that I feel like would really play in well to this whole creation is creating space. And that mm -hmm. could obviously be, be mentally as well. That would play a huge role. But also creating space physically and getting rid of stuff. 
I, I'm like super minimalist. So whenever I can find ways to sort of clear physical space, I really enjoy that because it also clears my mental space at the same time. So that could almost be a, a different, a different way of looking at the creation uh, pillar as well. Yeah, I love that spin. You know, I also have a very minimalistic um, lifestyle. I literally have spent the last three years living out of a 40 liter backpack. <laughs> but um, I can't stand um, clutter or things not being organized. And yeah, it, it is a form of creation. It's by, by getting rid of stuff or minimizing, you're creating your space in the way in which it serves you best, which is super cool that everyone has the power to, you know, create a space that serves them best, even if it entails getting rid of stuff. I think um, Dan John, who's um, a really big name in, in the fitness and strength training world, um, but one of the things that he says a lot is it's not about what you can add, it's about what you can subtract. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. <laughs> I, yeah. The minimalist in me is like jumping up and down at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to body and then we're going to save connection for last because connection is, uh, is both yours and my favorite. So we'll do body first. <laughs> cool. So body, I think uh, the next three things are the things that most people tend to think about when they're thinking self-care. Uh, but those three things are sleep and rest. Um, nourishment and hydration, and then movement. Um, I've put sleep and rest first uh, on the list because I actually think even though I'm a movement coach, like I'm, I'm a strength coach, personal trainer, um, yoga instructor, I obviously think that movement's really important. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting enough rest or if you don't have healthy sleep habits, it does not matter um, what your nourishment is like. It does not matter how frequently you, you're working out. Your body will shut down on, um, on you at some point and it'll say, you know, you're not getting enough sleep. I'm not going to let you work out anymore. Um, and I think most people have probably experienced this at one point or another where they really overwork themselves for something. And then as soon as that thing is over, they get sick. And it's like their body was just waiting. It was like, all right, all right, all right. I'll let you get through that big project you had at work, but then I'm going to absolutely make sure that you rest because you have pushed me way too hard. I'm so happy you bring that up because I, I sometimes when people ask me why it is that they get sick as soon as they go on vacation. And I have to explain exactly that to them, that it, it, it's a clear sign that you're pushing way too hard leading up to that vacation. Because then when your body finally has time to relax, of course you're going to get sick. It only makes sense. Like the body has to, has to reciprocate somehow just in order to, to function properly. So it's, it's so, so important. I tell clients the same thing, that, that sleep is number one far and away before, before nutrition, before movement and exercise, sleep is first. Yeah. I mean, at one point I actually stopped taking on clients who could not um, or would refuse to work with me on getting at least six hours of sleep a night. And even six hours is not enough. Um, but I had clients coming to me that you know, we're on four or five hours of sleep. And at a certain point, um, ethically, I'm not going to continue to stress a body that's running on that little sleep because, you know, we're just 
asking for injury. And that's not something that I want to help someone do to themselves. Um, but yeah, sleep is important, but also rest as well. Like even, um, even if let's say you have a really quality, uh, sleep life, um, still letting yourself rest mentally, uh, when you need it is, is also just as important as well. Um, you know, so I also, I, I'm a big fan of digital detoxing, for example, um, which I consider a part of rest. So maybe when I'm taking a break from my phone, I'm out taking a nice long hike with a friend or something. And that may not necessarily be viewed as rest, but we're bombarded by so much information uh, every day on Facebook, Instagram, news outlets, etc., that it actually is a really big rest for my brain to not have 20 billion things that even though I think I'm ignoring, <laughs> you know, you have all those subtle signals that still uh, sink in. Um, so rest as well, uh, not just sleep. Like it's all, you know, making sure that you're actually giving yourself a break from things from time to time. Rest comes in all forms. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, nourishment and hydration, which we won't go into uh, too much here because you, um, you are the queen on a lot of this stuff already. Oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just really kidding. You are my favorite when it comes to uh, nourishment, uh, <laughs> nutrition information. One of the things that I love about your approach so much is uh, there's so much misinformation out there about food and nutrition, movement as well. Um, but it doesn't have to be hard. And sometimes it's just as easy as saying, you know, you can still eat the damn chocolate for dessert at night, but like, can you just have a serving of veggies with your dinner and your body will be so much happier? Yeah. Moderation is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's um, a really fun one, which you provide some great information about. Um, so I always love pointing people in your direction for that. And then, oh, thank you. Um, yeah. And then movement, which I have listed as movement, not fitness. And this is a pretty big distinction for me as well. Um, I'm a strength coach. And when I first got into the industry, I was so bullheaded, like, you know, this is the best way to lose fat and get healthy and restore mobility in your joints and blah, 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 blah. It's all bullshit. Like, there are better ways for certain goals if you have really specific goals. But I think for the average person, what it boils down to is the average person who goes to the gym just wants to function okay in their day-to-day -day life and feel good. And you can succeed in that by getting all kinds of movement. So if you love to dance, Zumba classes are fantastic. I have two left feet. I tend to stay out of them. But if that's your jam, that's cool. Um, you know, walking, walking, I think, um, gets a bad rap as well. Like, oh, that's not going to help me lose weight, but it, it's a form of movement and it's a form of really healthy movement that can help you really connect with your surroundings, which we'll talk about in the next one. Um, so movement of all forms, I didn't want to pigeonhole that into the stereotypical fitness because I don't necessarily think that every single person needs to be in the gym multiple times a week. You know, if you have really strict uh, weight loss goals or body composition goals or things like that, yeah, strength training is definitely, I'm going to say the best, but 
um, I think most movement is healthy movement for most people. Definitely. And then, and I have to agree about the <laughs> Sumba too, by the way, I always feel like <laughs> it's, and some people love it. And I'm like, you know what? More power to you. I tried one once uh, because I was kind of forced to. It's a long story. And it was just as terrible as, as I think I thought it would be, which was maybe just me manifesting my two left feet. Who knows? But yeah. It could be. <laughs> I, I <digress. laughs> well, maybe, maybe we need a round two when you come to visit in the Netherlands. Maybe we do. Maybe we do. <laughs> Step outside of our comfort zones. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. And then, um, you know, last but not least is the connection group, um, which is really cool. Uh, so, uh, the, the three things I think everyone needs to have some level of connection with is connection to yourself, connection to others and connection with mother nature. And I think this is true regardless of whether you're introvert, extrovert, ambivert, um, bug, uh, hater, um, city lover <laughs> or, you know, tree hugger. Um, everyone has probably different needs for all three of these, but I really think that everyone needs to have some level of connection to every single one of these, um, connection to yourself. Obviously, I think that's, that, that's what self-care is, um, allowing yourself to take care of yourself and to learn about the things that best help you take care of yourself. And unfortunately, I think that when people choose to not prioritize self-care, um, that's one of the first things that goes is you lose the connection to yourself. Um, and then connection to others, you know, um, we are social creatures. Uh, regardless of how introverted you are, which I, I am very much an introvert. Um, I need a lot of alone time. Uh, but even the most introverted of people still needs to feel connected to, you know, a handful of people. And when I say connection to others, it's, I really mean quality connection with others. Um, which kind of brings us full circle to that practicing presence. Um, it's really hard to have quality connection with others um, if you're not present in your interactions with them. And then, uh, yeah, connection to, to mother nature, mama earth. Um, she's a giver. She naturally is calming. Um, you know, I am an absolute huge fan of being barefoot. Um, <laughs> my <both>. time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I spent almost a year living in New Zealand and almost a year living in India and in both of those places, you did not need to wear shoes anywhere. Um, I kind of feel like from that sense, they're my sole locations in, in the world. They made my soul very happy. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't have to be barefoot on the earth. I highly recommend it. But, um, you know, even just having some plants in your house, um, going outside for a 10 minute walk to get a fresh, to get fresh air. Like those are things, especially people who live in the city, I think, um, really miss out on and they don't have to be extreme. You don't have to be like backwoods camping, um, every week to get the benefits of a little bit of greenery and, and some fresh air. Yeah, definitely. There's so many ways to, to incorporate it. And then you can also do things like you know, combining two with one by introducing movement, like a, a walk in the woods, and then you get the, the nature aspect in there as well. The, the connection with others, um, it, this, I mean, this is definitely my favorite category because 
I think that there's a lot of us who don't take the time to connect with ourselves because you can also have alone time, but not actually connect with yourself. If you always yeah. have the TV on, or if you, if you're always, you know, listening to a podcast or something like that, <laughs> not that I'm discouraging podcasts, but you also need to, you know, connect with yourself too, without kind of that, that, uh, in this case, kind of literal background noise. Um, just taking that, that time. And so many of us kind of hide behind this whole, we're too busy to see other people. And, and I have definitely been there, done that. And I'm a huge introvert, but I, I'm also, I just recently started working full-time from home with my business. And I started to notice that I was really isolating myself. So I was just diving into work head first and then not, not leaving the time to see others and to put in the effort to see others. And it like my, my guy would come home from work at the end of the day and I'd be like basically mauling him, like just chattering away. <laughs> so I actually, uh, I know that I talked to you about that at one point too. And I actually have made a big effort in the last uh, week or two to start um, introducing more connection with others and booking dates with, with girlfriends and stuff like that. And it's been incredibly, incredibly helpful. So I, I, it's, it's definitely an area that I have to keep an eye on because if I'm not, because I'm an introvert, I very, I very quickly slide back into uh, a lot of alone time, like almost too much alone time. So I always mm -hmm. have to be very hyper aware of making sure that I have like actual dates in the calendar set with friends that I'm going to make sure that, uh, that I see them. Yeah. And what's cool. I love that you mentioned, um, you just mentioned something about how, you know, you can, uh, get more bang for your buck, you know, go for a walk in the woods and that's really cool. But, um, it's the same thing with connection to others. Like, um, just going back to that very initial statement where I said, you know, self-care isn't selfish and frequently it, it does involve other people, but, um, you know, quality time with others, you know, you go out with your girlfriends and you do a wine and paint class, you know, you've probably learned something new, like how to put paint on your brush and then how it then colors a canvas. Like it's something I don't do ever. So when I see stuff <laughs> like that, I'm like, whoa, this is magic. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you've created something, you've had quality time with others, your phone's put away. Um, so in, especially in a task like that, um, it's hard to do that without practicing some form of presence. Um, at least for me, like painting anything is also greatly outside of my comfort zone. Um, so just as an example, like that is one way where, um, you know, you've just hit half of the, the 12 pillars of self-care in one evening while cultivating um, stronger connection with other people. And this is what I love about the, about the pillars that you've created because they all tie together so well and you can bring them all, all back to sort of that, that core base. What's one thing I'm interested in? What's one area that you're struggling with right now? Um, so I'm actually, I'm quite similar to you right now in that um, I just moved to the Netherlands a couple months ago. Um, and I've been waiting for my, uh, work visa and residence visa to be approved. Um, and because of that, I haven't been able to, uh, legally work here yet. I just got approval for all of these things last week. So it's very exciting. Um, but I'm also in a totally new country. 
um, while, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, whoo, Dutch is a very, very challenging language. So I am learning Dutch right now. So that's, that's been great for my mind. Um, but, uh, you know, prior to this, I, I was in, um, India, which was a new country. And then prior to that, it was in New Zealand, which was a new country as well. So like the newness of the country isn't so weird, but in both of those instances, I was working right away and I had this built-in connection to other people to start meeting people and connecting with others. And one of the things I've really realized is without like an actual job in a new place, it's really hard to meet other adults. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it definitely does. I could totally see that. I've never had that, that personal experience, but I completely agree. And the language barrier too. That's all huge. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Language. And even, you know, it's still, it's, it's, a Western country as well, but there's definitely some cultural differences between, um, you know, Americans and Dutch as well. So that also is a little strange. Uh, so it's definitely a connection with others. It's 100% been my biggest struggle and, um, something that I've had to get a little creative with, uh, <laughs> the last few months. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's the whole idea is that we're all kind of you know, we're not, this is not never going to be one and done. We're never going to go check, check, check down the list and say, okay, we're good. <laughs> it's right. always going to be evolving and changing. And, and there's always going to be some areas that we're doing a little bit better than others. And, and that will always look a little bit different from day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So based on this, based on your 12 pillars, you have come up with a brand new program that is encompassing all of these so that women can actually come and work with you. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So it's going to be an eight week program. It's launching at the end of the month and it is basically a self-care mentorship. Um, because again, I, I, I struggled with naming the program initially, uh, similarly to this blog post that I wanted to put out over a year ago. Um, because again, I don't want to tell women what their self-care should look like, because I think that 100% takes the self out of self-care, which defeats the entire purpose. So it's a mentorship and it's a mentorship based on the 12 pillars. Um, We will journal. So we'll be using my journaling um, method. Um, I'll be teaching that to all of the women. Um, We'll be using that to set um, some monthly intentions um, and teach you how to set proper intentions and then how to follow up on them. We'll also be spending time figuring out where your particular strengths are within the self-care pillars and, you know, where are the areas that maybe need uh, more focus. And then we'll also just spend some time identifying, you know, what self-care is for each each woman that um, is part of the mentorship. Um, and also what's really cool um, is it'll be, it'll be a community. So it'll be cool for the women to also see um, how other women in the group define self-care and just how different and unique it is for, for everyone. I think that's going to shed some really cool light and start some really cool conversations. Um, so yeah, it's a mentorship. There'll be tons of fun, um, uh, hands-on activities, um, just helping women figure out what the hell self-care means for them. And then really diving into the pillars and helping people create, um, 
a really solid self-care routine that's going to make sure that when the shit hits the fan, um, you know, not everything else is going to go out the window, that they're still going to be in a pretty good spot. I love it. That's just going to offer so much support to so many women out there who just don't have that right now. I mean, even, even if, you know, we have uh, close girlfriends or something like that, it doesn't mean that this is something that we're focusing on because really self-care has to come from, from the inside. We can't expect that to be given to us by an external source. So really working with women and building a community at the same time, I think that's, that's amazing. I'm so excited. And I'm even more excited because you invited me to be part of it, which is why this yeah. is part one of two podcast interviews <laughs> with Brittany, um, because we're going to have you back on and I'm going to be talking about my experience in the group and uh, how everything goes. I am notorious for, um, I, I've gotten better, but I am notorious at tending to move towards burnout uh, sometimes. And I, I have improved with that a lot, but I think that this is going to be really important, especially because I have recently kind of undergone sort of some lifestyle changes that I, I'm in a totally different, uh, I, I left my corporate job, I'm working from home in a totally different space. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about this. And I'm just, I'm so pumped to, to share my experience and, uh, and let everybody know how it goes. But we can certainly direct everyone towards your program. So all of that is going to be listed in the show notes. So you can go over there and everything will be there so that uh, you can head over to Brittany's site so that you can take a look at the details of the program and how you can join us because I'll be there too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so excited to have you. And I, to, to your point, um, I think it's a really cool, uh, experience for you right now, uh, with, with the big lifestyle change. I mean, when, uh, that many changes come around, um, it is important to be able to deviate from what you're used to. Otherwise, um, you know, things can get, get stuck or messy real fast, real quick. Um, and I care about you and I don't, I don't want things to get stuck or messy for you during this transition phase. So I'm super <laughs> excited to see what you come up with, with, uh, some of the, the things that we'll, uh, be doing in terms of just what self-care means for you in this, this new phase. Well, and you just came up with it at such a perfect time because I, I knew I, I'd done a lot of research beforehand. I'd done a lot of thought beforehand, uh, before leaving my job about how, how this big change is going to affect my life and how I wanted things to look different in, in the most positive way, like what I could control and making sure that, that I was doing those things. And I've been pretty good about it. Um, but there, there are definitely areas where I can see are a bit sort of weak spots right now that I want to really place a lot of focus on. So I'm so excited about this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. And I'm just curious since you brought that up, um, is there a particular, uh, pillar for yourself that you, other than connection to others, cause we've kind of talked about that. Was there any other one that popped up that you were like, Oh yeah, maybe. Um, so I would probably say sleep actually. Um, there, there's several reasons for this. One is that it's really warm right now and we don't, we don't really turn the air conditioning on in our house very often. Uh -huh. And because our, the way our house is designed, even when we have the air on the upstairs doesn't get super, super cold. So, and we both prefer sleeping in, in cool weather. So we have like a fan blowing on us, which is fine. But I find even just the noise of the fan makes both of us really restless. So mm. that's a bit of an issue. And my bedtime has just gone down over the map because I feel like I haven't quite settled into a really solid routine and especially launching this podcast. I am embarrassed to admit 
that, uh, but I want to be totally transparent that even me who preaches sleep and I do try uh, very regularly, um, it, it, when I launched the podcast, I had several extremely late nights in a row. And then since then, there've been a couple social gatherings, uh, when we've gone out with friends and stuff in the interest of connection to others where <laughs> I've had later nights than usual. And then that has just, I, usually I try to go to bed around the same time, which is something that I, I recommend for most people. So right now, because I've been going to bed at, at sort of random hours, then my, my body clock is just a little bit messed up right now. So I'm trying to get that back on track. So I think that that's going to be uh, really helpful to, uh, to help bring that back too. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, de I definitely look forward to seeing what kind of solutions we come up for that. Cause that's definitely, I think one of the biggest challenges for, um, entrepreneurs is some of that um, lack of consistency mm -hmm. that comes from uh, outside sources when you have like a corporate job or full-time job um, not employed for yourself. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm excited because I feel like this is just going to translate into helping me create better routines throughout my day as well. So I'm really pumped for this. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am super excited about having you um, take part in that as well. Well, so where can everyone find you? And obviously I will list all the information, including the program details in the show notes as well. But uh, for anyone who's just listening, uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah. So easiest place to find me is on Instagram. Um, that's probably where I show up most frequently. Um, Instagram handle is wild.woman.strong. Um, I also have a new um, self-care sisterhood, which is a free and private Facebook group uh, that I just launched a couple weeks ago. Um, and that's just filled with a bunch of women uh, supporting each other um, and talking all things self-care in a really, really, really safe space. Um, and you can search Wild Woman Strong Self-Care Sisterhood um, on Facebook. And then, um, you know, I have the blog up on the website, which is at wildwomanstrong.com. Uh, that's also where uh, you'll find information about the mentorship that's launching um, that you'll be taking a part of. Um, so, yeah, those are sort of the, the three big places, Instagram, Facebook, and then uh, Google. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I am so looking forward to this program and I can't wait to have you back on and we will chat more about self-care because this is just so important. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to, uh, to dive in with you. <laughs> awesome. Me too. Thanks for having me, Emily. Thanks I really so much. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time, girl. <laughs> I hope that this has really helped to make self-care feel more attainable. Brittany broke it down so beautifully, and I'm really, really excited to get started with this program. All podcast information can be found at roomtogrowpodcast.com, and you can find uh, all of the program information, everything uh, to find Brittany. All of that will all be located in the show notes over there. Thanks for listening, and remember, there's always room to grow. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. Can you do me one favor though? Can you take a screenshot of this and tag me on social media? I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would make a huge difference. It's really important to have those, those reviews so that we can get the word out there about the podcast. 
get more amazing guests on and get as much information out there as we possibly can together. Looking forward to growing with you.